0: Hi, this is Joel Boggis, host of The Relaunch Show, and you are listening to my friend Amy J and the Chasing Dreams Podcast.
1: Welcome to Chasing Dreams Podcast with Amy J. Amy believes that realizing a life without regrets is achieved by taking chances. Chasing your dreams, making moves, and overcoming your doubts. The Chasing Dreams podcast will help you overcome life's obstacles, believe in your potential, and inspire you to face your fears. And now, here's the woman who is passionately pursuing her dreams Amy J. Hey,
2: dream chasers, this is Amy J, and you're listening to episode 62 of Chasing Dreams. And I have a very special someone on the show today, he helped me launch this very podcast. And so he is one person I definitely credit for the launch. His name is Joel Bogus. He's the guy people call when they're feeling stuck, under-challenged, or overwhelmed. Joel teaches people how to find productivity, meaning, and success. Originally from San Antonio, Texas, Joel earned his undergraduate degree at Texas Tech University, an MBA from Amberton University, and a master's in counseling. His latest book, Finding Your Voice, hit the number one spot on Amazon for success, happiness, and in the self-esteem categories. His podcast relaunch has passed the 1.5 million listens mark, which is amazing. I'm pretty sure I don't have to tell you guys that, but let me just go ahead and say how amazed I am by that feat. Hopefully, Chasing Dreams will aspire to that and reach there at some point. Joel and his wife, Pei, live in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, a lovely place and have two dogs, a golden retriever, retired therapy dog, Bubba, and a golden rescue, Happy. And he is taking some time out of his schedule to come on the show. Joel, how's it going?
0: Amy, I am doing great. It is a pleasure to be here on this show with you. And congratulations, by the way, on the success that you are having with this show. You know, I started my broadcasting career in traditional radio 27 years ago. My gosh, time flies. And you know what? I still Don't take for granted the invitations that people give me from time to time to be on their show. So, um, from the bottom of my heart, thank you for having me. I sincerely appreciate it and uh, appreciate the uh, nice words that you had to share.
2: Well, absolutely. I mean, I don't know why. I think our conflicting schedules. I'm glad the stars have aligned for you to come on the show now because Russ Johns has been on the show. He also helped uh, lead the course that helped me kind of understand and officially kind of launched the podcast and I use techniques that you guys taught and the podcast wouldn't be where it is today if it if it wasn't for people like you who helped teach others about podcasting and you guys have such a great, you know, spirit, you don't like talk people down. You have that teacher kind of mentality and you know podcasting, you know radio, and it's fantastic.
0: Well we're all we're all on the same team when you get right down to it. And people that show up and are hungry like you were on that day at Podcast Movement 2015. And as you continue to show up and be hungry, we are just delighted to add value in as best as we can to what you're doing, not just with your show, but also with your business and um, with your your personal journeys. Gosh, thanks for lett- letting us uh, tag along.
2: Yeah. I mean, y- you're right. I mean, different experiences kind of bring different people into our life. And, and we've been friends now since Podcast Movement. You've been to the Philly area a couple times. In fact, I saw you a few weeks ago. Wonderful time at the, uh, mid Atlantic podcast conference.
0: Wasn't that fun? Gosh, (laughs) Joe Pardo knows how to put on an event. And this year was the second year and his attendance had already doubled than it was the very first year. And he's already, uh, starting to make plans, getting speakers together for the next, next year's conference, which will be right there at the same venue at the um, Holiday Inn in South Jersey.
2: Which is amazing because uh, from what he was telling me, it started in like a room. And here he has the Holiday Inn. You know, fantastic setup. He did a great job. It was wonderful. But just also another example of people you guys have helped and been a part of and the things you're doing with relaunch, with your podcast, with your Facebook group, and everything you have going on. But let's take it back a little bit. You said 27 years in... Radio. Have you always, when you were young, teenager, college, I mean, three degrees, was radio something you kind of aspired to? You knew, hey, I want to be that voice behind the mic?
0: You know what? This is probably going to sound like a made up story, but yes. Oh my gosh. And I'll tell you the very quick version of of this story because I want to get into adding as much value as I can to your audience and your listeners. But when I was 10 years old, it was Christmas Day. And it was the best time of the day for any ten year old boy, and it was the time to open presents and As soon as that announcement came from you know my grandparents or dad or whatever, I rushed down the hall, took the biggest seat that I could find, the one right there under the Christmas tree, biggest chair, and I grabbed the biggest box that I could find was and it yours? luckily and luckily, <laughs> it had my name on it, right yeah. And I ripped through that box and I, and I pulled back the flaps and I stuck my hand in there and I pulled out this rectangular looking silver magic box. And what it was, Amy, is it was a boom box. If you can remember what those are and I was pulling it out by the handle, you know, the uh, long black handle. And it, from the time that I turned that power switch on, a switch was turned on inside me and i knew i had to be in the world of broadcasting from the voice that radiated from those speakers to the music that was played and to the the emotional connection that was made i knew it was for me and that became a reality for me in my early 20s and i'm i'm 47 now and you know what i'm still that little kid uh rushing under the christmas tree to uh find out what he's got or well, what he what he's getting
2: Well you're you're one of the rare breeds I guess if you will who knew from a young age what you wanted to do but did you know how to go about it
0: No of course not and uh, you know who does right but I I knew that that was a fire that was burning inside me and the spark that started at age 10 became a flame as as a teenager and then as I stepped into young adulthood that flame Uh, became a torch that just led me the way to figuring out, okay, how does one get on radio? You know, how do you create that kind of opportunity? And you have to do it. You have to hustle. You have to find out how to create the opportunity. You you need to link arms with someone who is already doing what you want to do, doing it successfully, and then learn from him or her and their, their lessons. And you know what? That's exactly what I did. And, um, when the job opportunity came available, sure enough, is she, um, the, the woman that I had met casually that was already in the industry said, hey, come on out. Uh, so-and-so's leaving. Show up on Monday. I did. And by Friday, I had the gig.
2: Wait, so you, you, you met someone, you kind of made a contact, and mm-hmm. then you, you were just, you weren't even working? What, what were you doing talking to uh, her about just what... Mm-hmm background
0: of it uh yeah oh absolutely well we were just you know becoming friends and, and a little bit flirting too but <laughs> you know i mean i was you know young and 20 what was i doing I was, I was drinking beer and being a college student but i knew i knew what i wanted from from way back when and i i knew that i needed to meet people in the industry because i didn't know anything about radio and that goes for any industry that your listeners your dreamers are looking to get into didn't have to be radio or television or media. It could be, you know, teaching. You know, as, as a school teacher or be, becoming an entrepreneur, or you know, a, a college professor, you know, whatever industry that you're wanting to get into, wherever your dream is. You know, find someone that's done it successfully. Meet that person, and develop a friendship, and opportunities will come. And that's exactly what happened.
2: Now, I love I love what you said about finding someone who's already doing it. Right? Mm-hmm. I mean, not to say that a lot of people aren't their own uh, self starters, but using your example, right? If I want to do, I don't know, you know, veterinary.
0: Right. Sure. Right? Okay. You if you wanted to be either a vet tech, mm-hmm. a vet nurse, or an actual veterinarian. Yeah. Yeah. You you would connect with the guy or gal who has the clinic on the corner of your local street.
2: But What do you ask, right? What do you, what do do you ask in those conversations? You do become friends, but Mm -hmm. like, how do you know what the right questions are to ask?
0: Okay. Now that is a great question. And that's where you would reach out to the people that you already know, the people that you already know. And then you would get the advice and opinions of, the top three, four, maybe five people that, that come to mind that, that are on your short list—people that might have valuable advice on—you know, gosh, what should I ask them? So, if you were coming to me for advice, for instance, if I was on your short list of friends, and you knew that I would shoot straight with you, you could you could always reach out to me and say, you know what, Joel, I'm I'm thinking about going into veterinary medicine, and I really want to talk to this woman that has a successful clinic. Couple miles from my house. What do you think I should do? How should I, you know, approach her? And so, so you work your contacts, work the people that you already know. Here's what will happen when you do that. Maybe I'll give you some advice. Let's say you're coming to me for advice. Mm -hmm. So maybe I'll give you some worthwhile advice, but probably what I'll also tell you is, you know, here's some advice, but I know someone who works exclusively with horses? Do you think it would make sense for you to talk to her or him? Or, you know, I know someone who has maybe a ranch where they uh, rehabilitate, you know, ostriches or cows or pigs or whatever. Would Would it be worth your while to talk to them and see the doors of opportunity, relational opportunities, will open once you're willing to be vulnerable enough to ask for um, a little bit of help and assistance from your network. This doesn't involve you asking anyone stranger uh, for advice. You know, you you start with the people that you already know, get their advice and opinions and then move forward there, from there.
2: And you were able to parlay that, you know, you were just saying earlier, how you got that opportunity. You went in on Monday, had the job by Friday, 27 years in the industry were you ever able to be that person on the other side for someone else?
0: Sure. Gosh, yes. And what was that um, like? And, you know, I've started and stopped a a couple of times. So it wasn't 27 years straight, but definitely started 27 years ago and worked at several radio stations and then took a break and back into podcasting. But a lot of people have come to me about, okay, how do I start my podcast and how do I make quick connections with movers and shakers in the entrepreneurial world or in the world of professional speakers or authors or whomever they want to have as guests on their show. So I would definitely have helped people in that regard, but also people who want to get booked in the media you know, as a guest on television or as a guest in radio. Because I know how both of those industries work, I mean I've worked them, and how does it feel? Oh, my gosh, it feels incredible when you're able to add value to someone's life and then they're able to take the advice that you give them and take action with it, which is by the way, is exactly what you did, which is one of the reasons that pay and I have been just incredibly impressed with you and this podcast since you you launched it because you we're in our class. You, you took notes. You took it seriously. You saw the opportunity and potential available, not just within yourself, but also within this particular medium that we chose to use, you and I, podcasting, and you made it happen. Well, thank you. You're welcome.
2: <laughs> so recently, I had this interesting experience where it wasn't necessarily giving back, but I had, and, you know, Jody, Maybe I had put an article out once about giving referrals mm-hmm. and I'm thinking about, you know, with your experience and the people you've run into and the people you've helped, as you mentioned just now, you know, have you ever had it go sour or one where you're like, you know, if I had to do it again, I probably wouldn't have, you know, taken them under my wing or maybe even just wouldn't have recommended them. Is there, was there a lesson learned from that experience that you've taken with you?
0: I think the lesson learned, it's a great question, by the way. You, you, you're, you've you obviously prepped very well for this interview, <laughs> so, so good job there. But I think the lesson learned is be careful who you share your dream with. I think that's going to add the most value for the dreamers that are tuning in right now to your show. Be careful and make sure that those are the people that can understand what you're trying to accomplish. They don't necessarily have to understand what you're doing like the way you understand it. But make sure that they know you, like you, trust you, and want you to succeed in, in what you're doing. And from a practical standpoint, you, you and I are podcasters, mm-hmm. and we both have achieved a level of success with our podcast. But a lot of people in our circle, they still don't know what a podcast is. That doesn't make them bad people. That just means be careful. We, we need to share our hopes and dreams with people that can kind of understand a little bit of what we're trying to accomplish with that particular medium. So it's not going to do us any good to share our dream with people who really don't understand uh, the world of podcasting. It would be like a blogger that really wants to build a solid blog and monetize it, sharing with someone who has never heard of a blog before or doesn't see the value uh, in it. Just be careful who who you share with.
2: That's a very good lesson actually and and one I think is once you learn it sometimes you even need the uh, reminders oh, yeah, about it right I mean it's it's interesting cuz some you're right some people don't understand necessarily and you get the general support of course they love you and support you you know but they don't understand it they're like just let me know what i have to do but then there are others who who genuinely don't understand and then may not take it the right way or may even have criticism that will bring you down. But when someone in that area sees it, you know, has a different point of view. And I think mm-hmm. that's a great piece of advice that we have to understand and learn.
0: Well, you can share your dream with people who don't necessarily understand. Mm-hmm. They just want the best for you. Like, like your parents, for instance, or maybe people that you go to church with and they, they just want you to succeed. And they they will be your cheering squad on the sidelines, But if you're asking for, you know, something in addition to just general support, they probably need to have some kind of a general understanding of of what it is that you're trying to accomplish and how.
2: Now, that's actually interesting because you went from radio to Mm -hmm. podcasting and podcasting has been around for for about about a a little over a decade.
0: Yeah, I, I would agree with that.
2: Right. So it, it, there weren't as many people back then as there are probably today, right? Or even tomorrow or when people listen to this, because it's just such such a growing medium. But it's also still a relatively young and new medium. What was it that made you switch from radio to podcasting? Because for you, I, I'm imagining it was still a growing field, a new field.
0: Yeah. Sure. Well, I left. The traditional radio world on Christmas Eve in 1997, I believe it was, and I was not disgusted with radio, and I, and I still love it, although it is a dying model. But I was at wit's end with the 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 company that I worked for mm-hmm. and with, and I was also at my wit's end because I didn't know how to manage some of the uh, the changes that were getting ready to take place in the communications world. Big-time changes, too. I mean, the you and I are doing a podcast. That's a big change, because that wasn't at one time available. But uh, I, I didn't know how to handle it. I was fearful that I would lose my job on the air, which my job was ended up being eliminated. However, I left before that happened. So that was a good thing, but uh, that's that's why. And then I, you know, didn't get back into it for for a long time, and actually didn't get back into traditional radio. I went into to podcasting, and I've done several shows before relaunch, which has been by far most successful. But um, as soon as there was a broadcasting equivalent to radio, I, I was all in.
2: And do you think that has to do with the fact that, you know, from a, such a young age, you were all about oh, that without mic a without a doubt. Yeah.
0: Without a doubt. Yeah. yeah well, you know how it is. It, it gets in your blood and you just can't get away from it. And and I absolutely love it. And any opportunity I get to, to, to be on radio or in front of the camera on TV, I totally jump at it because it's just another form of broadcasting. And, uh thankfully, because I know the industry and I know how that game's played. I'm on, you know, Pretty much as frequently as I want to be, because I know how how that works, and I help a lot of folks kind of navigate those those waters. Because you you have to know how to pitch and who to pitch, and when to pitch. to To make that happen, it, it's a little bit different than just pitching to be on a podcast, but it's it's just a little bit of art and science.
2: Now, I actually want to kind of talk about that what sure. you spoke just just earlier about how you would relaunch wasn't your first podcast, but I Mm -hmm. also want to talk about the fact that you wrote a book. So keep that in mind. We're going to talk about two things, but I want to talk first about the fact that this wasn't your first podcast. So you've made, how many attempts would you say? at podcast.
0: Sure. uh, Relaunch. When you count up all the shows that I've done, my wife has done pay and that we have done together. Relaunch is show number nine.
2: Show number nine. Mm -hmm. You know, most people would have probably stopped at three. Mm hmm. Why didn't you? Because there are other Be- mediums, right? There, There's oh, YouTube sure. and stuff like that.
0: But that's not that wasn't the medium that spoke deeply to me.
2: Mm, okay.
0: And so I, that's why I didn't stop. And there have been a lot of uh, trips to the batter's box. There's been plenty of practice swing, but we finally were able to knock one out of the park with relaunch because we took all those lessons that we learned from the earlier attempts and we just built upon them and used them to use what we learned, learning lessons, to, to help us with, with this current show. And that's just part of the entrepreneurial game. That's part of the dream chasing game is, you know what, you're going to fail yourself forward, but you're still going to go forward. And, th- and that's what we did. And I saw that opportunity, which I pray that the dream chasers will see that opportunity as well, that, you know what, I'm going to fail one time after another until I get to where I need to go and I'm not failing anymore, but I'm riding.
2: That's actually a really good point because sometimes I think we forget, you know, it may take, even if it doesn't work the first time, the second time, or even the third time, there's no reason to give up, right?
0: I I can guarantee that it will not work the first time for the most part. I'm not a doom and gloom guy. I'm an optimistic guy, Mm -hmm. but it's not going to work the first time because Hardly anything ever does. Now we hear about things that have taken off. However, what we don't know is that there have been a lot of uh, missed attempts and uh, opportunities that that came up short. And if you know people at a, at a deep intimate level, you'll, you'll find out those stories that, you know what? Yeah. People know them for their success. And it seems like they, they, Came out of nowhere and experienced success overnight. That never happens. And if someone says that that happens, they are lying.
2: It does seem to be the twenty-year overnight success, or you know, however many. It's always more than just an overnight success. It's actually Mm -hmm. a, a misnomer, I would say.
0: Yeah, it's never an overnight success. You know what? And there, there are probably a handful of exceptions to the rule, but for the most part. It, it takes sweat and toil, and the unsexy stuff, bef- before you're able to 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 get it right. And it sure did with us. Oh my gosh, did it did it ever? But it's worth it. It's always worth it as long as you find something that you're you're passionate about that is a part of your dream, and then you chase it unrelentlessly, or no, wait, you chase it relentlessly. That makes <laughs> sense. And and you eventually get there. But it just, it just takes a little bit of time. That's why it's so important, and I know you talk about this on your show. It's so important to have a group of people around you that will link arms with you and also you know help you up after you've had a failing forward experience and that will encourage you to dust off your knees and get back in the race vitally important to have those relaunch relationships uh, right Right there. Uh, success is hard enough, but doing it alone is almost impossible, if not impossible.
2: So true. So true. I mean, you can do it. It's just definitely not easier. Right. Well,
0: sure. I mean, there's no reason to go it alone, although it does sound sexy and the movies make it seem that that's, Uh, not only possible, but probable. (laughs) But if you wait till the end of the movie and watch the credits, there are a lot of people that contribute to that, not just the star actor.
2: Absolutely. And a lot of them don't get credit or go uncredited in the public eye. I'm sure the production company and all those people are appreciative, but yeah, it's not necessarily something you hear about like TV doesn't tell you they it scrolled past very fast right mm-hmm. so Joel, when you relaunched relaunch yep. so, which i like what i did there what would you say are three things you would credit to the success of it being number nine that weren't in place probably for one through eight
0: okay number one i owned up to the fact that the success of the show was all on me it wasn't on my guests it wasn't on my listeners. It was on me. And the mistake that I made, Amy, mm-hmm. is, that, is that I thought it was my guest's responsibility to drive traffic and to be social media active uh, for my show, which, you know, that didn't really get me anywhere. And I kept bumping my head up against the wall trying to figure out, okay, I'm having, you know, celebrity A, celebrity B on on the show. How come? I'm not, I might get a little bump that day, but how come it's not consistent? It's because I made the fatal error that many podcasters make. I thought it was his or her responsibility, the guest, to drive traffic. But when I owned up to the fact that it was only my responsibility, that was a game changer.
2: That's, yeah. I mean, I, I think a lot of times we're very much about placing blame elsewhere.
0: Well, sure. Of course we are. We're humans.
2: Yeah, it's, I mean, it's a natural thing to do. It it does take a lot for us to kind of look within ourselves and point the finger. Well, it
0: takes it. Well, right. it takes everything hmm. to point to point the finger at the person who deserves it, which is ourselves.
2: Well, I mean, you, you said it took you eight shows. What was mm-hmm. the span of eight shows?
0: <sighs> Probably four to five years.
2: And what was the span of reaching the one point five million mark?
0: Well, I'm two and a half years old. Uh, currently, so mm-hmm. about that long, 1.5 million is something that we hit probably this month or last month. I don't remember the exact date, it's amazing, but, but very recent. So, yes, you know what? I had a um, Facebook memory, you know, one of those little memory things, yeah, pop, pop up this morning, and I had it's like 999,000 something something downloads, and it was a year ago. So, so a year ago, I had about a million. And I'm at a year. Uh, yeah, wow. so it took so, me a couple of years to get to a million because that was a year ago, and then now I'm at uh,
2: 1.5. It didn't even take a couple of years. It took like probably a year and a half to get to mm-hmm. one, and then a year to get to okay. 1.5. That's amazing.
0: Well, something like that. Um, I don't know. Yeah, Your you're, you're mine, not giving yourself
2: enough credit there. So I, I will do it for you. That's fantastic. Podcasting isn't the only thing you've kind of conquered so to speak you have the number one you had I don't know if it still is but at one time you did have a number one spot on Amazon in mm-hmm. several categories with a book called finding your voice was writing mm-hmm. something you always wanted to do or is that something after radio and you were kind of working on the one to nine podcast that came to you
0: well I love I love to create content and I knew I needed a book uh, when I was doing a lot of One-on-one coaching, you know, career coaching, life coaching, things of that nature. I was following other people's curriculum and I'm the kind of person that I I don't want to follow other people's curriculum. Mm -hmm. I want people to, I want to follow my own stuff. And so one of the, one of the dreams that I had during that phase in my life is, you know what? I just want to have my own book, my own structure using my own material and my own stories. That is what the genesis was uh, of writing that book and it got to the point where I needed that that book to be available not only for my my clients but also as collateral marketing collateral well
2: that's interesting what,
0: what do you mean by that sure well nothing opens the door like a book so you could be te- speaking to an event planner you could be speaking to a potential business partner mm-hmm. and if you have a book, well that opens the door for opportunities because not because most people don't have a book, but if you do well that's gonna make you stand apart so let's say there there's five speakers that are up for a particular gig, and only one showed up with a book. well, that person, him or her is going to stand. Probably a part. They're probably going to end up getting the gig B- because they have. There's something about putting a, putting a book in people's hands that makes you an authority on on your thing. And I, and I knew that it's magical, and putting a book in somebody's hand, a real book, not not just the ebook. Those are nice too, and I have several. But being able to put a real uh, book in somebody's hand and being able to sign it right there in front of them—that's gold.
2: Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if that was one of the marks on your bucket list. What can people expect from you now? I mean, it seems like you're chasing dreams in a number of different areas. Is there anyone that we can look forward to seeing coming up?
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. And thanks for asking that mm-hmm. one. I am uh, working feverishly on uh, building out the speaking career, you know, talking With audiences, helping them learn how to be more productive, how to find meaning in what they're doing, and how to get to the next level of success. So, productivity, meaning, and success. Those, that's what I, what I speak on often. I've been doing a lot of podcast uh, speaking, like at the Mid Atlantic Podcast Conference, and I'm so thankful. That that I've had those opportunities to speak at three podcast movements in a row, not to mention the one I just did. It was a different podcasting conference, and I've got another one, a DC Podfest. I'll be doing the closing keynote at, at that event, and I'm uh, incredibly thankful for those. However, moving forward, I'm more interested in speaking on personal growth and uh, personal development because I I've realized that. The level of your business success will never outgrow the level of your personal development. So if you want to grow a better business or a stronger business or a more profitable business, you want to go from five figures to six figures or from six to seven, you've got to grow as a person. And the the way to do that is to be around people that will help you become a better, stronger, more powerful person from the inside out. That's where my passion is, and one of the reasons for the passion, that passion, is because I had to do that my, for myself. I had to learn how to become better, stronger, uh, more confident, and more powerful, because of my own injuries that I that I had as a five year old child, and also the results of growing up in, in an abusive home with many abusive situations around me, and and all that. I had to become a better person, you know, as a kid and teenager, and then as a young adult. So that's sprinkled the uh, passion of wanting to help people do that too. When you get free, you're you're naturally inclined to want to help people get free, which that's kind of the short version of that story.
2: Well, and you're definitely helping people, especially with the things you've been sharing in this podcast. I mean, I know there were so many nuggets of wisdom that you've been sharing. What is so. what is one last thing that you would tell someone who's chasing their dream to help them be free to actually, you know, chase their dream or reach their dream.
0: Sure. Okay. And tweet this out because this, this is gold and it is simply this doing is the new planning. And here's what I mean by that. I've seen people spend countless minutes, hours, days, weeks, weeks, trying to put together a a plan of action, a plan of action for the business, a plan of action for their career, a plan of action for their relationship. But somewhere between the the planning and the execution, the enthusiasm dies. And what could have been never gets to be. However, if you think about what I just said earlier, doing is a new planning. That puts an entirely different perspective on the whole idea, and also it opens up different opportunities. So think about this. If you take a step toward your dream today, then you can plan for the next step. What's the next step going to look like? And then the third step and the fourth step. But if you don't do, if you don't step, then you're going to stay stuck with both feet on the ground, kind of like they were um, caked in cement. My buddy, uh, Larry Winget, put it this way, and I'm, I'm respecting your time, so I'm kind of coming in for a landing on this, but he said, you know, you can't steer a parked car. And he's right. You have to make a decision that I am going to do, and my version of doing is I'm going to take a left, I'm going to take a right, but I'm going to go. And One of two things will happen when I do that, when you do that. You'll either find out that, oh, my gosh, this feels great. I'm moving in the right direction. I'm going to take another step, or maybe I'm going to even hit another gear that I didn't even realize I had that could happen, or you could realize that this isn't the right direction at all. I need to course correct. Either way, this is good news, because you're either going to be headed in the right direction, or you're going to quickly learn that you're not and you're going to be able to be able to do something about it, but it comes with doing. So you ask for one thing, the simple answer, doing is the new planning. Do something today.
2: I love that. And that's deep. So uh, what your friend said that you can't steer a parked car. That's, that's very mm-hmm. deep and very powerful for a simple statement. Well,
0: well unfortunately, most people are, are spinning their wheels in
2: neutral. Mm-hmm.
0: And that burns up all of your energy, all of your fuel. So, at the end of the day, if you do that, you won't have energy. You won't have the, the, the personal resources to turn, to move in a direction. So, doing is the new planning. Tweet it.
2: Doing is the new planning, guys. Take that and run with it. Joel, thank you so much for coming on the show.
0: Been Loved having
2: you. We'll have to have you back later on. See what you're doing, what new things you've got going on you're it's amazing been a lot of
0: fun, Amy, thanks for having me,
2: yeah, yeah, thank you for coming on pleasure and there you have it, guys, Mr. Joel boggus of the relaunch show here sharing his nuggets of wisdom, including the profound doing is the new planning. so I want you guys to go over and find all the links that were mentioned here today and more about Joel in this episode on the show notes page, at "chasingdreamsHQ.com/episode 62. That's episode 62. And after you do that, go out and do. All right? OK, so till next time, guys, keep chasing
1: Thank you so much for listening to Chasing Dreams. Amy would love to connect with you and hear all about your pursuit of chasing your dreams.